Hey homies, it's Michelle Bennett, graphic designer, turn marketer, turn interior decorator, and apparently now podcast host. That's right, peeps. I selfishly started a podcast so that I would have an excuse to pick the brains of designers, decorators, and industry experts so that I can get to the next level. And the best part is you guys are coming with me. All right, guys, I'm here today with Andrea McQueen of Andrea McQueen Design, and she's a local GTA. G- You're in Burlington or Oakville? Burlington. Okay. GTA, we'll call it then, um, which is Greater Toronto Area for anybody not in this area. And we recently met, I think you reached out to me, I don't know, Instagram, which is how I meet everybody. Thank you for being here. Oh, yeah, thanks. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. She's like, yeah. forgot for a sec that she was needed to talk. Um, okay, so we, you reached out to me. I mean, we had been talking for a while, but you were talking about having, feeling pretty good about nailing Styling Day. And before we even get to that, I met Andrea and what was it? Five other designers. Was it last week, two weeks ago? Can't last remember. Last Wednesday. And she became a new hero of mine. Tell me... How much, again, how much you charge for consultation? So I'm right now at $600 for up to two hours. And Jacqueline, I believe, is at eight. You'd have to confirm that with her. Yeah, eight you're or right. And you've been in business for? Uh, full-time, about two years. I started kind of dipping my toe in the water about three years ago, but full-time, about two years. Yeah, and to me, it's just like... I. I will say this, when we, when we met the other day in person, I was just like, this girl's like, you just have so much confidence and you, I feel like you're just like, uh, you go into people's houses and you just say it like it is. I feel like, you know why? Because it took me so long to get to that point, Michelle, but at Not this point, really, cause you've only done this for three years, let's say two years. I'm only, I'm there too. And like, I'm like in shock and awe of your confidence. It's amazing to so me. Nice. You're so kind. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, but, you know, it, so it, it's taken a while. It's taken, okay. but for everybody out there who's still like it's it's not taking a while. That is fast, I think, and I think a lot of people will agree. What were you charging before six hundred? Two fifty. Started at two fifty. I know, and then I I, I was at two fifty for the longest time, and then I went to three fifty, and then only in the last three months, um, I bumped it up to six. And the reason is. I, I had in the market that we're in, um, where I am in Burlington, like in the West End, there's a lot of people that want services, but can't afford like the full package. Yeah. Um, so I was finding, I was going out on consultations for $250 and I would sit with people, um, who, you know, either wanted to do it themselves or manage their own project or, or whatever, which is totally fine. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed going in like quickly giving all my suggestions and then writing it all up uh, in a document, which then would be emailed to them. But I was finding, you know, I, it was fat. The, the great thing is that clients were super happy and I'd be getting e- follow-up emails saying, Oh, look, we did our entire kitchen. So they would do, yeah. you know, take all of my suggestions and do their entire kitchen for $250. I'm like, why am I not charging more? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so there's a tremendous value, I think, in, yeah. in that service. Uh, and so I was finding that people were referring me to their friends who were about to start a reno or had a lot of times, I don't know if you get this, a lot of times I'll get calls from people that are, le- the walls have come down uh, and they've already been in contact with the cabinet maker and their contractor. And all of a sudden it comes to the point where they need to pick tile and countertops and wall color and paint color, all of these things. 
and they have no idea and they don't want to spend the time, you know, going around and doing the sourcing and and making these decisions. It's it's like they're paralyzed. Um, So I I was finding I was getting a lot of calls like that. So bringing me in later in the game, which wasn't really my business model at the time, but it's evolving. And so uh, I did one of those consultations and we literally, typically, like I set the expectations on the discovery call that typically we can do surfaces, paint color, cabinet color, you know, hardware suggestions, whatever for one room. Um, And in this two hour consultation, we did cabinet, like we got so much accomplished and the client said to me, and this was when I was at, um, I think 500. She's like, that was the best $500 I ever spent. She's like, we just did grout, like down to the grout color for two bathrooms. And then just, I threw out some suggestions for cabinet colors for the kitchen and stuff like that. So that's really amazing. So, okay. Yes. You know, what's so funny is that early on in my business, I did what I called a mini makeover. I mean, I wildly undercharged for it, but it was a three hour thing and it was like a hardcore power session. And I got the feedback I got on that was insane. And now you're making me rethink just because I didn't love, like, I mean, it was fine. It, it is fine. But I mean, it just, I don't think the value, I did not in, make it an ex, like, I didn't make the fee right for the value that they were getting and for me to want to do it because it is a very mentally exhausting thing. It is. It, it is. like really is. So, okay. You, you, first of all, thank you for both you and Jacqueline sharing the fact that you guys are charging that. Cause to me, it's like, I just think, I, I'm just, like I said, I'm in awe of the fact that you guys are doing that. It's incredible. Can you, can you tell us, like, can you explain to everybody else the way you explained to me how you approach those types of consultations where it's consultation only with, in relation to, um, more of a renovation type thing. So like kind of how you explain the powder room or however you want to do it, but just to give an idea, like right down to what do you show up with? What does it look like? Uh, so it depends. So again, it depends on what stage of the process they engage my services. So if it's consultation only and they haven't taken it down any wall, they haven't even, um, you know, engaged with a contractor or anything at all. They're saying, I'm thinking of a renovation. Uh, can you come in and what, like, what services do you provide? So for in two hours, I'm sorry, my dog is barking. It's okay. That out. It's fine. Uh, so I can't t- that out, but what <laughs> I can do is just tell people sorry, but it's what it is. <laughs> I've got it done. Um, so in two hours, uh, you know, I can go in and make suggestions on the layout. So I can, you know, make suggestions on, like, let's say in my neighborhood, we have a lot of big builder houses with small kitchens. And one of the things that we're finding is that, um, People don't really, I don't know if you find this, but not a lot of people want a formal dining room anymore. Mm-hmm. So one of the big things you can do, knock out a wall, make this like an eating kitchen, you know, run cabinetry all the way across, things like that. So conceptually, like a high level overview on what can go where, uh, I can make suggestions. Have you ever thought of relocating the laundry room or making a bigger mud room? Just stuff like that. And um, is it like you're drawing a floor plan on paper? Or are you doing it on a laptop? What is sketching it? it out? Like, so sketching it out. Okay. I'm, I'm very clear. If it's a consultation only, and I think this is really important, uh, it's, I think it's really important to set the boundaries with clients from the beginning and expectations. So you can expect the following, like 
um, suggestions about paint color, suggestions about light fixtures, links to products, um, but that aren't necessarily spec'd out. So like you might want to think about replacing all your flush mounts with something like this, but making it very clear that I haven't measured in a two hour consultation. We don't have the time to measure everything and like double and triple check the dimensions of everything. Um, so, and also making it clear that there's no follow-up for a consultation only. Like, you know, if they text me and say, would you clarify or do you like this or whatever? It's up to your own discretion. Yeah. But at the beginning, I mean, the follow-up was killing me. Oh. And I'm like, for $250, I'm spending so much time mm-hmm. giving you additional information and really guiding your project. So, I mean, you learn by doing. Yeah. Right? Plus you know, also yeah. like if you do shut it down, you feel really gross about it. And like you can turn, even though like it's completely reasonable to be shutting it down, it leaves a kind of icky taste in their mouth and you're kind of like, well, shoot. Mm -hmm. it's not good yeah totally so setting the expectations so beginning like before they've you know even done anything does that answer your question yes it totally does yeah and then if if somebody would you know I a lot of people again I I mentioned this a lot of people will call and say we're already working with a contractor but as you know sometimes people say they'll leave it up to their contractor to pick all their finishes like they'll say oh go find a faucet for me it's me crazy. Yeah, that's just <laughs> um, like a real red flag. Yeah. So I, I'll give suggestions. I mentioned to you when we connected too that um, w- I work with a realtor and we do um, seminars about renovating to stay in your house and mm-hmm. renovating to sell your house. Uh, and we talk about the different price points for those two kind of projects. Um, so something I'll do is I keep an inventory, which I'm sure a lot of designers do, of um, materials or or things that they use commonly. So like a white subway tile, I've got my grout paint deck. I keep little paint cans sometimes as well, fabrics, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the consultation only, and they can tell me before I go out there exactly what it is that they, that they need. So like tile, granite, cabinet color, um, we can get like a kitchen done and wrapped up within that two hours. And again, that's for clients that that don't, uh, you know, want to or have the investment to make to have a designer run their project. When I started out, that's what I wanted to do, run the entire project from beginning to end. But I'm finding that um, that's not, that's why limit myself to that. I love, I love the two hours going in there, giving them an entire, you know, kitchen's worth of suggestions and sources, retail. uh, and, And it's, busy and it's super productive, but it's really rewarding because I think there's a tremendous value in that. Oh my God. I, I, I'm going to be changing my services to include this. Um, another thing that I struggled with this, which when we talked that day, you really helped me like tweak my brain a little bit on how I thought about it, which was like, for me, I'm a perfectionist and I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to go in there and I'm not going to be able to give them like this amazing design, but you made it clear and you helped me realize that what somebody's getting is not like a really like for house and home design. They're getting a well-designed space that's somewhat generic. It's not like crazy, but still probably better than they ever could have come up with and possibly way more interesting than any of them or their friends could. But it's like, the expectation there is just different. Like if you want that, then you got to hire me full, like for full service. Mm-hmm. It's not bespoke, right? That is the perfect thing. That you said that too. And I feel like that is 
a really good way to kind of communicate it too. Like, you know, if you're looking for a super bespoke type uh, bathroom, then that would require my services on a absolutely like full basis. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I just think it's amazing. And I'm going to now, okay. So $600, you would also charge for a consultation. That's a kickoff to a project. I would. Okay. And you would not. So some people reimburse that on the first, like on the, you would not. No, because I think that the minute you start offering, you know, you get that back in fees, you're undervaluing your time and you're underselling yourself. And again, you, if you, if I, I see value in what I'm doing and what I'm bringing to the table and I don't want to waste anybody's time, um, you know, you, you have to be compensated for that. And I think it goes back to Kimberly Selden, who is like our guru. People ascribe value to that, which they pay for. Yeah. And I approach an initial consultation almost the exact same way. Um, regardless, the only difference would be, I probably wouldn't bring samples if yeah. people like I, I want a really bespoke, high-end, custom, well-designed, like down to all of the accessories and styling. I'm not going to be bringing that stuff on a first meeting uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. You don't, you know. Um, so, but I would give the same suggestions and feedback, you know, in terms of layout. And, and I, if they asked me what I, you know, what would you do for a backsplash or whatever, I would probably give you know, the same suggestions, not the same in terms of like white subway tile, but I would say, Oh, I'd put a lovely, you know, um, and sax tile on your backsplash or, or whatever, you know, like you're, so there's still like, regardless of them not moving forward with like, cause even though sometimes people are like, yeah, I want to do full service, but then you give them the proposal for that. They're like, Oh, hello. I had no idea. Then they still at least get a real good value for that money that they paid. And I think that's the key. I think so. Like I wouldn't hold back, but that brings up in a consultation if it's like leading to a project anyways, but that brings up a really good point because I really try not to get to the point where they're getting a proposal on their sticker shock. I try and have that conversation at the, at the consultation. So if someone says they, everyone, Oh, I don't know if you find this, but I find people always ask, well, how much, like, can yes. I do my kitchen for $10,000? I'm like, no. <laughs> um, so I try and say, we do, I do the scope of work there. I go over it mm. quickly Um, it takes like 15 minutes. Like, let's say it's for one room or or whatever. I don't give it to them right there, but I do say to them while we're sitting there in person, here's the scope of work. And I would, I do it. And I say, is this correct? Is this correct? Is this correct? Am I missing anything? Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, and then they'll often say, well, can you do it for this much or how much do you think it'll cost? And then I'll start saying things like, okay, so if you're looking at cabinetry, custom cabinetry is typically a thousand dollars a linear foot. If you're looking at stone surfaces, you know, and we'll quickly add it up, let's say it's a kitchen. Um, so that they, and then I'll say the last kitchen I did, the design fees turned out to be, let's say $12,000 or or whatever, Um, just so that they don't have that sticker shock and they can kind of then after I leave and I email them the scope of work, they can let those numbers kind of marinate and see, is that something that they want to hire me for? Or if they call back and say, it's just too much, then I sometimes propose if the, if these are clients that a, I want to work with yeah. the project's interesting and I think it'll be rewarding. Yeah. Um, then I'll sometimes say, well, you can always do book me for follow-up consultation. Go on. Um, Same right? price. Yeah. Yeah. Same price. Another $600. So you go implement the ideas that I gave you today. Um, and then I can come back and make suggestions. Like I try and make it affordable for, um, 
for people that want to work with me, as long as I want to work with them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, because at that point, you've been with them for at least two hours and you know, because I know that for me, it's like, I don't want to work with somebody who's like everything you're saying. They're just like, no, well, no, because of this, well, I thought of that. And, and it's like, well, what am I, like, I got nothing to offer you then because yeah. like, clearly you've already thought of it all. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> and I just sounds like a nightmare. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I wanted to say, so when you say you email the scope of work, yeah. does that include like an estimate of, like, did you already verbally say the estimate of hours there, but you're just saying now I'm giving you a formal scope of work, but that's pretty much it. Or is there numbers attached? Okay. Good question. So one thing, and I found Kimberly Selden in the business of design, both the podcast and the courses on the consultation, completely invaluable. So I really, really, really try and stick to her model, which includes reading the contract at the consultation, which was super awkward first, right? I know. I started doing it too. I was very resistant. But it's better now. It's better now. And anyway, and so one thing I do at the consultation as well is, you know, so I'll do the scope of work and I'll say to them, I'll confirm, this is what you want in it. This is the work that you, you need done. Is there anything left out? No. Okay. So we have buy-in for what the scope is and then I'll go through the project and then they'll say, well, what's it going to cost? And so I'll say, we've kind of had a general overview discussion about typical costs of renovation. And I always say, what will drive your design fees are um, you requiring me to be in contact with you constantly and a lot of handholding because I charge for phone calls. I charge for emails, reading and responding to emails. Those are, those all fall under the billing um, category of client meeting. So client meeting, phone, client meeting, email, you know, so if you need a lot of babysitting and handholding and constant communication, you're billed for that. And if you change your mind, if you change your mind a million times, you know, and then we talk about the domino effect of changing your mind on the color of the flooring affects everything else or the coffee table. Right. Yes. Uh, Right. And then I also uh, talk about um, indecisiveness and if you can't make a decision and we're going back and forth, it's going to delay your time frame and add costs, drive your fees. So I'm trying to be really upfront about all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, where the pain is. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. Does that answer your question? It does. So you're basically, um, you've kind of given them a rough idea. Like $10,000 is not realistic for this job. Like you could do that, but you're probably going to need to go to Ikea or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my experience is probably like something of this, like has been around this price and you're doing billable hours. Like you're doing billing hourly billing so that yeah. you're not giving a flat fee ever anyway. No, I'm not experienced enough to do flat fee bill to be totally honest. I wish yeah. I could be better at it, but uh, my, I've, I've found that early on I did that and I way undercharged and it came back to bite me. The client was unhappy um, because I hadn't set the expectation and I was super frustrated because, yeah. um, the client was calling me constantly and, you know, was, was disappointed in the process. Um, so that didn't work out well for me. It's not something yeah. I want to repeat. Yeah. It was I learned a lot, but. I've been there too. My whole first year. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you bill hourly, what does that look like? And I know this is so not the topic, but like, no, I just needed, I needed to talk about this with you because I'm just. I'm just fascinated by like, you just doing it. <laughs> oh, here's another good thing. So okay. speaking of that, speaking of what does that look like? Another thing um, that I found, so clients, let's say you source like a $600 bedside table lamp mm-hmm. and they'll come back and say, well, can't you just find something like that from HomeSense? Yeah. And then uh, the response is, 
so you can pay me $150 an hour to go trolling through two different home senses to find a lamp that kind of looks like this, but not really, not yeah. quite as nice, not going to be as good quality. Um, so then you're already at like $300 plus tax when you could have this beautiful, gorgeous, you know, visual comfort lamp for really $300 more. So like, which totally. would you, right? Exactly. So, so that's another thing that's come up a lot is that people wanting home sense. And I'm just like, that's not, I don't, I don't do that. Like if I'm in home sense and I find something that's going to look great on their job, I pick it up. If I'm there anyways, I pick it up and I charge them either 15 minutes or however long it takes from the moment I pick it up to the moment I pay for it. Right. Totally. Um, and I don't, you know what? I've been lucky. Nobody's ever said anything about home sense for me as far as furnishing is concerned. And I've just never, I do see a lot of designers were, like in their stories. Like it's, I'm like, it really, for that, though. Really, I know. And like, how do you plan for that? Cause it's very just like, you're counting on serendipity to find what you need. Yeah. Like I wouldn't oh feel good God. about going to home sense for an hour and a half just to see if I can find a lamp, a side table, like, and then yeah. what happens if I don't find anything? So then yeah. I bill you that time. And additionally, what's the quality like? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's yeah. from home sense, totally. right? So if you, by the time you factor in my design fees and my, my hourly, like my time yeah. plus the product, which you have to mark up. Yep. Um, like, are you really getting good quality and value for your money? Exactly. Nothing against home sense. You can find awesome stuff there. Um, but just for me, I try and work quickly and efficiently and same. Yeah. Um, okay. So how do you bill? So you bill hourly, but what does that look like? Is there a retainer you collect and then do you bill once a month? So I do, I collect a retainer 20% of the projected, um, project fees. Okay. Um, and then. So you, you do loosely come up with like, I think this will be 30 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. And if, if I, if those hours are being consumed, um, faster than we anticipated, then I will, uh, that's a phone call and an explanation of why. Like yeah. we're, we're ripping through hours because this custom walnut desk, um, we had a lot of problems with warping. We had to choose another slab. Like there's stuff yeah. like that that's beyond my control, but I still bill for it. Yeah. And so I bill hourly. And then every two weeks I issue the first and the 15th, I issue invoices. And then typically I um, use the retainer to pay for styling mm-hmm. uh, and accessories because by the end of the project, people are tapped out and very conscientious about um what what they're spending uh and as you know which is something we talked about styling can be expensive especially if you're doing built-ins because every single surface it's going to be sorry i got a text i know you did (laughs) (laughs) every surface is like at the right time yes um totally i know i like for and i quantify that like well i've changed my process a little bit from before but, um, yeah, I normally say like at least 160 per shelf. Oh that's my like, God. Easily. Every book. Being, like budget conscious. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Like every coffee table book is like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, I just did a, I did, I was telling you this, like one of my favorite clients, I love her dearly. Um, but we did her living room and accessories for her built-ins. She's huge, gorgeous built-ins and they were empty. Um, plus coffee table, side tables. By the time it was all said and done, I think accessories were four thousand dollars. Yeah, five thousand dollars, and then design fees were like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, so it's it gets really good. I feel I charge like thirty five. Well, that was just one room, right? Uh, that was one room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, it's decent. What do you charge per room? 
for styling? I don't, I, I rarely, rarely, I rarely recommend a client does only one room because for me, I find the energy to do it is so high and there's so many efficiencies with doing more than so I normally do in one day tops three rooms and normally it's like 3,500 for you I it's like a 10 hour day it's well I'll have an assistant and I have it delivered a lot of the times I have the accessories picked up and delivered it's gonna look very different now that Hoffland and Canfloid are in my life though like I'm feeling like but but no generally it's like $3,500 I charge for that but um I have I will say and it may be the it might be different for me because I decorate more than I ever do any renovation. So maybe there's a different psyche there. But I, I, I will normally say like five thousand or so for budget, and a lot of it, most of the time, like they're just on board. But I wanted to talk quickly about something that I'm doing that maybe you'll enjoy or maybe you won't enjoy. But one. I, you probably don't struggle with sending an invoice, do you? You're- oh, I do. Every time. Okay. It's so funny. And I love your podcast and all these other designer podcasts because I think we're all in the same boat. Like every time before I send an invoice, I swear to- I lose money during the invoicing cycle because I know you're supposed to charge for it, but I can't bring myself to do it. And I go through, I go through every invoice. I do the- home. And you know how Kimberly Selden does the log sheets and the invoice? I just do my invoice like a log sheet. Yeah. I account for every single thing. Because I don't, I, I can't, I, I just, I panic every yeah. time before I, before I hit send, I'm like, oh my God, like, I just don't want to get it wrong. I can't, you can't sleep at night if you're not operating with integrity. And I well, just, totally. oh my God, I just want to make sure I'm not, I'm not doubling anything. Like, yeah. I'm so, so careful. So anal so- about that. I will tell you this, um, what I do now, because I struggle to hit, send an invoice um it doesn't give me the warm fuzzies and I actually feel too like clients probably aren't excited to send money every two weeks or even once a month (laughs) so I do now um I do an estimate of hours so I'll say your project will be 30 to 50 hours then I say um you're gonna pay in full the minimum hours I've estimated so you're gonna pay in full 30 hours and that's a time block I'm working against and I will let you know around 10, if we're about 10 hours left, I will track all of my hours and I can absolutely send it to them at any point in time if they want it. But I, I basically collect the money up front and only until we have hours like issues, which, you know, I'm doing a lot better now with estimating. So that minimum estimation is probably going to be pretty good. I never have to ask for money again and I don't have to have that mental struggle anymore. That's a great idea. That's an so, awesome and you, because I was doing like uh, in full for phase one, but then I'd have to ask for more money in phase two and then more money for phase three, which by that point, they're kind of like been waiting for furniture for sometimes three months. And they're not at the beginning yet yeah, at the beginning, they have, the, they're excited. So right. it's like, get that money while they're happy and excited. And then, you know, because something's going to go wrong. And then all of a sudden you have to ask for money, even though like, things are going to go wrong, but they're just not going to be excited about sending you money. And mm-hmm. it also like my sell to them is like, you know what, this just means that I don't have to, you know, you don't going to get a bill all the time. Like only if we have some issues with ours, like we're, we're going over, we'll have to talk about that again, but this allows me to focus on this and do what I do best. Kind That's of. an awesome idea. Yeah. I so I think that might be worthwhile. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So let's talk about what we were actually going to talk about. <laughs> so 
Okay, but we did we did talk quickly about art and you I think you had said something and now I don't remember. We were saying like we were talking about art and how it can be difficult sometimes yeah. to finalize art for clients because it's so personal, right? Right. What's your experience been like? Uh so I find generally clients fall into two categories, people that really appreciate art and yeah. like want to save money as part of the budget. I find that people that appreciate art also appreciate custom drapery because <laughs> both oh, are yeah. really expensive, but both really complete and elevate a finished project, right? They finish totally. the project. Yeah. Um, so either people want to spend, invest, and if they don't have the capital left at the end to invest in it, they want something either commission, like cool, original, uh, or they want home sense. Right. Is that your experience? My experience is definitely, my experience is more like I categorize it where people who don't really have a strong opinion on art and they're going to be happy if you just, they'll be like, I don't really know what I like, but let's try to figure it out. And then they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then they get frustrated and say, you know what, just do it and mm-hmm. put it up. And then normally they're like, oh, it's great. And then there's other clients who are like, I wanted to speak to my soul. It doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. It doesn't have to be non-expensive, but... Yeah. They just needed to say something and mean something. Which isn't, yeah. Amazing. Which, yeah, totally is great. Um, and I would say most of the time for me, I do art affordably. And I my go-to, and I've just gotten really comfortable doing this, which is maybe a problem I need to branch out, is CB2 frames, which look really nice. It's like better than Ikea which used to be like my standards. I don't know. Have you noticed that your standards for things have completely changed in the last three years? Completely. Like my, for Christmas, when we bought our house five years ago, I was like, like Dave's parents bought us like a hundred frames so that I could put art on the walls. Now I'm like, we're getting rid of all these frames. I'm like, these are not acceptable anymore. They look cheap. Yep. Your style evolves. Yeah. And and quality, you know, is refined. But I just do a lot of CB2 frames, create gallery walls of some sort and, or like a row of art. And I just do digital downloads that I send links to my clients. And a lot of the times I'll just end up finding it for them and I'll give them three options because for me, art is like, it is a little harder than a couch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like you were asking about budget and I'm just looking at my Ivy right now. So this one client I'm working with right now, I'm looking at the two proposals I sent. Yeah. She, she spent, it's looking like including all the frames for one, two, and a gallery wall, pretty big gallery wall. Three-ish rooms is like five fifty eight $5,800 it looks like. Which I think that's really reasonable. Yeah. yeah, that's a really reasonable budget. I, I think we're also lucky. There's a lot of really cool Canadian art. Like there's yeah. Canvas Gallery. Wait, um, yes, yeah. Canvas Gallery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even online, I found, again, Instagram is such an awesome resource because you can reach out to artists directly yeah. and have stuff commissioned. Totally. Uh, so have you ever worked with or do you follow M Sessions Art? No, but I'm going they, to right they, now. Oh my God, she's amazing. So she's, I think in... Nashville um but her stuff is gorgeous and really reasonably priced like um you can get it custom framed commission pieces her stuff is beautiful okay uh, I'll have to get that from you because that, that, that sounds awesome but, yeah, yeah but the but Instagram Etsy I mean it doesn't have to be expensive anymore to be beautiful um and when I say expensive I think like a thousand dollars for like a large scale piece of art is an incredible like a 24 by 24 piece that's an incredible value right totally I agree yeah. and also 
um, for local designers, I work with um, Tara from Off the Wall. Are you familiar with her? No, no. She's amazing to work with, and she does all my custom framing. Yeah. And it like it's a really great price. She's amazing to work with. She'll even go if you want her to source art for you. She'll totally do that. That brings me to the so, question: Do you hang it? Do you hang your art? Hell no! <laughs> it's the worst job. It's no. so simple. Oh my no. god! I can tell no, you. I used to. Oh, used I used to, to do now. gallery walls, and I'd have my handyman. That's not true. Every now and then, yes, I would do it myself. But I did used to work with a handyman. No, now I use Artstall, which they probably yeah, Artstall or Eureka. Both of them are amazing, and absolutely not. And now I'm at the point where like I won't even hang a single piece of art. Like I'm just yeah. like yeah. it's not my skill set I did an install in again awesome client we did a basement and um we went to hang hang a piece of art and hit a stud (laughs) that was a bit of a disaster Mm -hmm. we left like a huge like drywall chunk out of their wall are you serious he was a builder so he was fine like quite nice about it but I mean that's not that that's a good topic too which you've talked about on your podcast before is um outsourcing the things that are not in your wheelhouse that's not my wheelhouse. Totally. And you know what? It, it's, I'm so glad I finally gotten there because mm-hmm. I used to be very like, I'm just going to go do it myself. I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go do that. And, and like, I'll hang it and all what, but now it takes me like five times as long to hang a gallery wall than it would take art stall or Eureka to do in an hour. And one time this, my one client, she had like a collection, one of my very first clients of like all of this art all original. I, it was awesome. This gallery wall up her staircase. I hung it with her husband. He was my helper and we measured it all out and, um, fully came crashing in the middle of the night. And she was like the sweetest and it broke like the glass broke and there was a little bit of damage on the frame. And she was like, did not want me to pay for it. And I'm like, no, she's the sweetest lady. But like, I'm like, no, (laughs) like I'm going to fix that. And it was an Ikea, you know, those Ikea, things that you like hammer into the wall they're plastic yeah don't ever use those so it was a disaster but now I'm just like I can't handle that liability oh my that's totally do you feel like when you started out um you just wanted to be everything to everyone like when you started you wanted people to think to kind of see you as it's funny when I started out it was more important to me that clients saw me as an expert than now which I'm totally comfortable with I know what I know I know what I'm good at I have people yeah yeah. And if I, if I'm not good at it, I'm a hundred percent comfortable with finding you someone who can do it better and faster than me. Yeah. Um, like drawings, for example, like CAD, I, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. And it takes me so long. So I outsource that. I have a girl and she's awesome and saves clients money. Right. That's a freaking Lulee. And, and it's probably, if we're being honest, done better. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> I, it's like uh, we did wallpaper in one of my client's powder rooms. It was like a whole fiasco and it needed to be removed and replaced. And I was like, well, how hard can it be? And the wallpaper guy was like, oh, it's, you know, it's not hard. And so I Googled it and then I went to do it. It was a freaking disaster. And like I was damaging the wall. So then I had to like pump the brakes and then find somebody who, cause he couldn't come back in time to do it. And so she, somebody came and saved me. Now she's my wallpaper girl. But it was just like, what am I doing right now? But aren't you glad that that happened? I'm so yeah. glad that all of these disasters happened when I was charging like $75 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And like being like inexpensive wallpaper than yeah. now, right? It's Absolutely. Well, it's just like I, I had the Airbnb project and I drove a U-Haul. Beautiful. I drove the U-Haul. I drove the U-Haul 
and went to, from shop to shop and filled it. No, that's not true. I went to, I went to Yorkdale with it. Then I came home and I'd go shopping and then I'd fill this U-Haul and I had to go to Ikea. They needed, I did them a favor and had them like had to fill some of their furniture order. Then I drove that two hours. I'd never driven a cube van in my life. This thing was like 20 feet long. So <laughs> needless to say, I know that they're looking at like, um, buy another Airbnb and I'm like, just for the record, like the process would look very different. Like I'm not driving a U. I have no business driving a U-Haul. Oh, that's hysterical. What am I doing? Okay. So let's talk about styling, which was like one of the main reasons we were going to chat today. So you were saying like, you feel like you've got a really good handle and styling is like a hot topic for me because it's freaking exhausting. It's intense, man. So tell me all the things to do with how you handle styling day. Uh, so I can tell you the, uh, what I used to, what I used to do and yeah. why I changed it. So I used to, um, have clients give me their credit card and I would buy everything on their card with my discount mm. and charge them for the time spent like procurement, like going and picking things up like a pottery barn or wherever, sometimes home sense, uh, and different sources, vendor sources. And then I would just, I would charge for like installation, but that's, as I've learned, um, it's just leaving so much profit on the table. Uh, and also you're not getting as, um, great product, limiting yourself to shopping retail sources. So Can now ask how long that would take when you would go shop because you're schlepping and like, what was that part of the it's a pretty though? intense process? And I, and I'm still refining it and tweaking it. But you can't start too far out because of like return policies, right? So it, so what I would do is the client would only pay for what they wanted to keep. So then we would do like an install day and a reveal and I would go through and say, you know, this is how much these things cost. Is there anything that you're, you're you know, you're feeling like you don't want to keep? And then I would reload it back in my truck and go and return it. Um, so now I purchase everything on my own upfront uh, and install it along with like product and floral. We always do beautiful live flowers. Uh, and then I give them like 24 hours and whatever they don't want to keep, um, I'll take back and absorb it in my inventory. But I found that there's certain pieces, uh, that are, that I just repeat, right? Like yeah. certain phases and books, like design books and, um, yeah. faux floral and stuff like that, that I repeat. So I'll keep inventory on stuff like that. Uh, but also ordering online has been a huge time saver. Mm-hmm. What, I, what shops are you ordering online from? Tonic Living, I love. Sorry, uh, which, I missed it. Tonic Living, all of our okay, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I live like five minutes from there. You're so lucky. But it's what I did was heaven. It, it, it is heaven. But in the beginning, because that's like an hour drive for me, yeah. I just ordered a bunch of samples. So every time they come out with new sam- uh, fabrics, I keep those samples in my library and I just order online. That's and so I smart. Do presentations as well. And it's been really, it's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've never had a client return any of their textiles or baskets or anything. Everyone loves everything they do. Yeah, they do. And she's been getting a lot. She's even have got plants now and like their, yeah. her accessory inventory has grown. And by the way, I'm pretty sure some of that stuff is from Hoffland. totally is (laughs) we we found the source (laughs) (laughs) i know when i was at hofflin the whole time i'm snapping pictures and sending it to some designer friends i know i'm like this is from lt market this is lt market lt market lt market lt market yeah it's the best and christine from row interiors i think she's the one that found it like during she's a hero yeah expedition she's our hero but 
Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like we're all small businesses and we need to be profitable. And I feel like when I started out, I felt the need to apologize for that, but, um, it's our time away from our kids. Hold on. Sorry. It's all good. I have a dog. Also it's four. Your son's probably coming home. Should we pause? Yeah. Totes. I'm not going to pause. We're just going to let it go. But yeah, do your thing. Well, no, you don't have to pause. He'll, uh, when he comes to the door, I'll just, we'll just put, do a quick hug. Totally. And it's um, fine. If it's like, it'll be funny. It'll be fine. Okay. Whatever happens, happens. But I'm not worried. Anyway, what I was going to say was this, it's your profession. It's your career. You know, you don't do this. You do this to, to be profitable and run a successful business. So I do feel there's a shift. I don't know if you feel this, but there's a, definitely a shift um, from when I started out feeling like, Oh my god, my dog's on the golf course. Hold on. Does that mean golfers, Michelle? Hold on, scale. <laughs> Blooper reel. There's been like a shift like two years ago, like when you started and Yes. From newbie to more mature business owner. Um, I like making money. I love what I do, but I love making money. Uh, and I don't apologize for that because at the end of the day, again, it's value to your client. Um you know, using wholesale sources and making a profit off them provides your client with much more unique product and superior product and it benefits them. It benefits us. And actually when you and I were chatting uh, the other day, even this applies to like custom furnishings, um, as to be profitable, it's important to know all of the different avenues, custom furnishing, like all these wholesale resources. Mm -hmm. And again, like the clients are getting a much better product. And right. like you said, it's unique. It's not something that every one of their friends has and they actually are paying for something unique, which is amazing. And um, I'm actually shocked. Like I've been really shocked. That's why I was saying I'm going to do a podcast, like a, a bonus episode that's like two Toronto people or the GTA because there are like very seasoned designers like DMing me and being like, where is that? Where is that? And I'm like, have you not been to TIDC? And they haven't. And I'm just Sofa. like, oh my, oh my God. What's that? That's Sofa? Yeah. 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 Okay. And it's just like, oh my God, I'm, this is going to change your life. Right. Your business. And that's why one of the reasons we're totally off topic here, but I have to say this and something we chatted about before, I feel so fortunate to have connected with such a great group of, of women mm -hmm. who we all are so happy to share these sources with each other. And it's not, yeah. there's no, there's no, um, idea that, well, if I give this away, it's less for me. Yeah. Well, like, you know, more for everybody, which yeah. I love. I just get so excited to share a new source. Like, I'm like, hey guys, oh my God, it's going to change your life. Like that freaking fuels me. I'm, it makes me so excited to like help somebody else's life be easier in one way or another or more profitable because also somebody did that for me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get here on my own. Like, at all. And also when you start this business, a lot of, uh, in my experience from people that, I, that we've connected with are a lot of us are, this is like a second or third career. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the learning curve is this, right? Yeah. Like 90 degrees. And it's, it's difficult and it's challenging starting out. Um, I love your podcast because you're brutally honest about, you know, the challenges you face, the insecurities and the, mm. Know, everything else. Something that excites me almost as much as finding new wholesale sources and sharing them is hearing, is sharing my, my F-ups and hearing yeah. about other disasters, other people's yeah. disasters. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, it's, it's so true because 
I was so Veronica Solomon. Do you know who that is? Are you? I've listened to multiple podcasts with her, and she's like, I bow down. I love her. She's my. She's like it for me because she's the one who taught me. Like I've just every time I start talking about her, I she makes me emotional. That's how much she means to me. Um, I have like she sent me a message once, and it sits like right here. I should read it again, but it was like she's so she's amazing. She's so authentic. Like she's she shares for no other reason than to really want to help people. And like, sure, she's monetized that to some degree now, but like, it's very to her core. Like I want to help people get past these humps. And we're doing another interview um, for my podcast. Like, I don't think we can talk until sometime in June, but I said like, I would like for us to talk. Cause I, you know, I was sharing like things have taken a positive turn for me this month. Thank God. because I, I had a really hard beginning of the year, specifically last month. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I would like for us to talk about, like, I want you to really dig deep on those moments. Cause I know you had these moments and I would like to make this a podcast where people are like, okay, good. And like, I'm hopeful, like look at Veronica now it's 10 years later. And like, let's just, I know you've talked about this before, but let's like really talk about it and make people realize like, it's not all sunshines and freaking rainbows out there for these people that we're following who we, you know, admire so much, like they struggled and they persevered kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And that's how you learn. Totally. That's how you learn. But I love that about your podcast. I love that. But all these women that you've had on the podcast that are all sharers. um, I just, I don't know. I really relate to that. I yeah. love what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm learning so much too. Like it's, it's, I gotta be honest. Like it's been a, the most effective strategy for getting information from people because there is no way I could get time like this from, I've talked to like at least 30 people now and in a great length and getting all of my specific questions answered. And it's freaking amazing. That's awesome. It's like the greatest thing. But okay, let's go back to styling though. So now you're keeping your inventory, yes. which is genius. And that was also oh, yeah. Lindsay Borchard was talking about that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. genius. So make sure you're buying stuff that you know you'll actually use somewhere else. It's not too specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything else? Like what is, do you have somebody come help you on that day? Yes, I always do. So our little collective of designers that we meet up every couple of weeks, um, we've all, we've said to each other, if anyone ever needs help on a styling day, or here's another tip. If you ever have a client disaster, like a deficiency and, and the clients aren't the most reasonable, call one of your girlfriends and be like, can you be my design assistant for the day? And, and, and I've done that before. I've done that once. Um, we had a custom sofa, the client, the clients who were lovely were insisting that they take delivery of the sofa before install day. And of course, when you see a giant sectional that is not accompanied by the rug that you've ordered or the coffee table, the side, nothing, it looks mm-hmm. out of place. Yeah. So the rug got there. I get a, a, I got a strongly worded email, kind of a nasty email. And so I called, everything will be fine. But when I went to see the client the next day, I had a fellow, a, like a design friend, a designer friend come with me. Because I find that people are a lot more reasonable and they'll treat you better if there's a witness. <laughs> I know that sounds... I, I gotta be honest. I think that this might be the most like amazing tip I've ever heard and like never before heard in the history of any podcast or anything. Because a lot of the times now we hear like, yeah, cool, like great advice. 
probably heard it, but it's always good to hear again. Like that is nothing I've ever heard anymore. And I'm very glad that my podcast. I think it, it. it's so true. Yay. It's so smart. It's so true. Because even the most lovely client and the most reasonable and rational people, when their $10,000 sectional shows up, like, and it's not what they in their head remembered or expected or whatever, you know, things can get a little bit nasty. But if you have somebody there holding a clipboard and a measuring tape and smiling, <laughs> they're going to be a lot nicer to you. <laughs> Where did you come up with this genius idea? What, were, what did you used to do in the corporate world? Sales. I did sales. My yeah. first job was sales. And we would do a lot of cold calling, uh, my girlfriend, colleague, and I. And we learned very quickly. Darn that dog. I'm sorry, Michelle. Hold on one sec. It's all good. <laughs> my son's home. Hold that thought. Okay. She's going to go give her, hus- her son a little huggy hug. Because she's a good mom. In the meantime, I'm just going to profess my love. Andrea, I think she's amazing, and I'm so freaking happy I met her. So there's that. (laughs) All of this in it. In between these nuggets, as you like to call them, (laughs) with a dog (laughs) and children coming home. Okay, so you come from sales, you lucky bastard. And then I was a teacher for eight years. So, okay, so were you a teacher and then you went into sales? No, I did sales for my first job, like right out of university, telecom sales, knocking on people's doors, trying to sell them. Okay. You know what? I suck. We should have, can we, can you quickly tell everybody your, your journey, like how you got here, which is where we started, but like totally tell us, tell everybody like what about your business, how old it is and all that, because I didn't even give you the chance to do that. We just got right into it. We're <laughs> just so excited to be here. I know. Um, so out of university, I got a job in sales uh, for a company where we were like 22 years old. And this part of the sales training was like, you need to go and knock on these. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <my son. laughs> knock on doors and ask to speak to like the CFO or the CEO. Oh. So, so we did. <laughs> like. 1% of the time it worked. Zero point. But that is so good for building oh, yeah. like so many amazing skill sets like that are so valuable. Yeah. Like good learning guy. that people treat you better if there's a witness. So <laughs> smart. Anyway, so I did that for a little while and then I went back to teacher's college. Uh, and then I taught for um, many years, which I loved. But then I had my kids and I was home. And while we were um, raising our babies and home, we moved a number of times. And so we would move, renovate, move, renovate. And that's how I got into this. So on my last mat leave, I went back to school. I enrolled in an online course. I think the same one you did. Yeah. Yes, which I'm still working on. We're both online course dropouts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how I got started. Yeah. Um, and I worked early on in my career. I worked with a realtor who she was my first client. She was our realtor. She hired me to do her house and we're still, we, we just go room by room in her house. Mm. Um, and here I am. Yeah. Amazing. So what was your first client like aside from her? Like, where'd you get your first client? And do you remember? She was my first client. She, let's not count her. Yeah. Okay. So my first client, oh my God, it was a disaster. I'll be totally honest with you. I'd say like my first three clients were just, I just wanted to be like the best and know everything and do everything for them. And then also not charge them too much, but I just, it was before I found business of design. So, um, you know, you've got to start somewhere. My first client was somebody who really needed a personal assistant. This is going to sound horrible, but I'll just be truthful. It was an elderly gentleman whose, um, partner had passed away and he needed someone to be a designer, but really he just needed 
companionship and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit. It was, it was very awkward. Um, so I bought a few, I ordered a custom sofa and didn't have him sign off on it or pay for it first. Oh shit. And what happened? <laughs> oh my God. What happened? It all worked out. Okay. But in the middle of the process during the waiting time, he's like, I want to cancel the order. And I'm like, well, you can't cancel it because it's cause like it, it went, it went south. And again, it was not an ideal client. There were so many red flags in retrospect, but I, yeah. I was just starting out. Right. You so were that just excited to have a client. Yeah. You're just happy to have a client that wrapped up fine. But the, you know, the gentleman had no boundaries. God bless his heart. And it, I was getting phone calls all the time and it was, I mean, good because I had to have a lot of awkward, honest conversations, like right away, ground zero, client number one. This is how you set a boundary. This is like, you can't call me at 10 o'clock at night. You can't text me, you know, but anyway, I found business of design shortly after that. uh, And that was life changing. That changed. Thank God. Thank God, Kimberly. Did you have to break up with him? Or did, did it just like take its course? So I've had to break up with three clients in three oh, years. Oh, tell us about this. Yes. These are the good stories. These are the yes. nuggets. We call them the nuggets. Um, so that was the first one. And then the second one was a couple, it was from a referral and they were so lovely, but I was too inexperienced that I didn't, they, want, they wanted a flat rate. So they wanted a flat rate for um, me to source kitchen furniture and living room furniture, lighting, furniture, rug, coffee table, everything. Guess how much I charge them for like the living room to source everything. I'm going to go ahead and assume it was far too little. So like two grand or something. $1,200. Okay. (laughs) You know what? That's amazing. That sounds a lot like my first experience. And so what, so what happened? Well, so it was this lovely young couple and she and I bonded and I loved her and we were like all besties at the beginning. Right. Um, but what happened was there was a large degree of indecision. Um, so the idea was for a flat rate, I'll choose everything and we'll order the furniture and then you follow up on it. Right. Yeah. Slowly, but surely, um, I was starting to get text messages. Like I'm, you know, again, I at least had the common sense to get the paperwork and stuff signed up front. And I let, I, they were using retail sources, but I was passing along my discount And I just started getting text messages at all hours about not sure if this is the right fit. Can we change this? Can we change that? And then in the course of the the sofa was custom. It was from LT, which Cassandra at LT is the most wonderful human being. I'll tell you about that. Because there was a deficiency, but she was amazing. So the sofa was ordered. And then while the sofa was being made, I was getting emails like, I'm not sure this is right. And, you know, we've been waiting for five weeks and all we have to show for it is a coffee table. And oh. so, well, you know, it takes time for these things to arrive. And, but I was getting like every Saturday I was getting emails about, you know, why we were still waiting and we only have this to show for it. Well, that's because it takes time, but I didn't do a good enough job yeah. of setting the parameters of the project. It was totally my fault. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How was your anxiety while that's all happening? Do you oh get bad anxiety? Well, I was losing my mind. My poor husband, I was like, I was a mess because I'm a people pleaser. I wanted yeah. them to be happy. And I loved this. Like I loved this family. Yeah. And I really wanted them to be happy, but I, I just, you know, I was too inexperienced, but yeah. you live and learn. I'm glad that totally. this happened early on. Um, so finally, after I think the fourth email, they'd come on Saturday mornings and I kind of got the impression that it was like, you know, husband and wife sitting down over the coffee and paper on a Saturday morning. Okay. What's happening with the design project and, and still no, no movement because stuff takes time to arrive. Yeah. Well, then I would get this email anyway. So I just said, you know what, to be totally honest, I replied by email and said, 
you know, the, there's been a certain degree of indecisiveness that's driven like the time frame and it's kept changing and I'm not charging you for changes. I was also getting text messages and emails saying, oh, can I use your account at West Elm to buy this mirror? Oh, God. But, but because we are BFFs forever, yeah. <laughs> client and I, yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. But then I get text messages, when's it coming? Can you give me an update? And I'm like, I'm working full time for $1,200 minus tax. Like, do you know what I mean? But it was not their fault. It was yeah. that I was not setting the boundary and the expectation. Super valuable experience. So we broke up, but I wish them well. And, and, like, and you said in the email, like, you know, some indecisiveness. I'm, I'm not sure. I said at this point, I've been providing you with updates. You know, you've saved more money. They, they didn't see the value. And I said, you've saved more money on product using my discount than you've paid me. So if you don't see the value at this point, I, res- I, I respectfully think I'm going to have to step away from this project. At this point, you've got everything you need. Um, you know, everything's coming to you. But I just, if you'd like me to point you to connect you with another designer, I'm happy to do so. But at this point, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to walk away. It was, you're amazing. That is so hard. Was, how was it like to send that? It was awkward. It felt like it, it was good, but it was sad because I really like them. It's just like, <laughs> I was just, oh my God. I will say emails like that for me. So I have like, I've never done that. I like I should have I called I should have called well, and I mean I haven't even like I just I just grin and bear it and luckily now I'm in a place where none of my clients are in that situation and I do a better job managing expectations and weeding people out but I'm sure someone will fall through the cracks but when I have to send a hard email like maybe it's an invoice or if it had to be something like that because I would have totally emailed too probably um I have like stuff, uh, this software on my email, it's called Mail Butler, and I just, you can schedule it at a later time. So I find that that helps ease something like, cause you're like, well, it's not sent yet. And then you forget. So I'll be like, oh, I hate that I'm sending this email right now, but I'm going to schedule it for like five hours from now. And it's like somehow it's like, what's that? So you're not sitting there with like... So yeah, psychologically it's easier. I do that with invoicing because then I don't have to be like waiting to know if they like you know, don't email me back right away. Or right. I'm just like, but then by the time they've actually gotten it, I've forgotten I've even sent it and yeah. I've moved past it. That's so smart. I have to get yeah. that. So mail butler. I also had a contractor walk off the job. That was awful. I had a contractor and the client didn't get along and we got, we went through the presentation and um, the client kept saying, and the contractor was a really decent guy and, and an architect. They were both really decent guys and they were good at what they did, but there was a personality conflict between the husband, like of the couple and the contractor and the, the client kept saying, well, if you can eliminate this much cost, then we'll go ahead. So the contractor would delete cabinetry or like something. And the client just kept going back and forth, which I think in retrospect, what it came down to was a lack of confidence in the team, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the contractor, architect and myself, we were new working together. I think that the client just didn't have confidence yeah, it, like a feeling, and was trying to like trying to get it out, but it ended up you got in a big fight. <laughs> Contractor, and listen to this, Michelle. I don't know if I should be sharing all this, but maybe hey, someone learned from you it. Know, yeah, totally. And if you but feel weird, we can take it out. The client, who were lovely people, their parents at my son's school. That oh. was awkward. yeah, that was awkward. So I had to, you know, I apologized. I got other contractors to quote for free. Like I did my very best to make it right. I don't think they went ahead with the project. I think they, they waited uh, a couple of years, but I, you know, some, sometimes that happens. 
Totally. And I'm going to be honest, this is one of the reasons why I don't work with friends or family. Yes. Or even like specific acquaintances. Like, I'm just like, yeah. it's just too close. Too and, too, and they will go wrong. And there's just, it's just, ugh, no. And I find that anytime I say like, sorry, like I don't, but I'm happy to give you a name of someone else. Like they're like, oh, you know what? I get it. It's, oh, so, easy. Okay. it's so easy. For me, the main reason is like, I have issues with the money part of it. And like, I don't think my friends or family, well, first of all, you don't want to charge your family. Like, not yeah. that I have any family that's asking, like none of my family lives here, but like um, friends or whatever, like you feel weird, like charging them. So normally I just say, you know what? I'm happy to come to your house for an hour or so. And I'll verbally give you ideas and you can write them down, but I'm not writing a thing on paper. Like I'm not exchanging any money with you. Do what you want with that. I'm happy to do that. But that's kind of like where I draw the line. So it's funny you should mention that because I had another parent of my other son's class um, school reach out and she's so lovely and so sweet. And she's like, I need your help with my house. <laughs> I was like, oh, so actually I've thought a lot. And she's so sweet. She's like, so I gave her the info of how a consultation works, blah, blah, blah. And then I've been thinking a lot about it and I'm actually going to, I'm going to go for coffee next week. And then I'm going to pass it on to Christine, who's part yeah. of our collective from Row Interiors because yeah. it's too close. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's a new kind of acquaintance and I just, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sure I would love to do the job and knock it out of the park and make it beautiful. And I, I know that I could, but just experience has shown that if any little thing goes wrong, then it just, you know, yeah. And I, and I, again, the money thing, like I feel weird charging. It, it is weird. It is. So weird. Then you don't charge them enough. And then if something goes wrong, you spend all of your time spinning your wheels trying to, to trying to um, resolve deficiencies, and then you get resentful. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It it doesn't. And 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 you're like, are they hoping that I'm going to give them a deal? Because like I'm like, you know. And it's like, I our job is too hard and too riddled with like, it's just complicated for us to be cutting deals with people. Like, sorry, it's just too much. So I'd rather just not do this. Yeah, I totally agree. I just totally mentally agree. easier, but okay. I shared my my stories. What's your What's your worst? What's your horror story? My worst. Okay, so and I've shared this in the groups before because it was a whole thing. And this is how I met. Um, if you've heard Crispin Butterfield on my podcast, she I loved her. Yeah, she's awesome. She's lovely, and she DM'd me after this fiasco. So. I no clients are going to listen to this. And if they're in this deep, I'm sorry. But so what, yeah, one of my first, okay. So early on I was getting clients and they were very like somewhat smallish, smallish budgets. And I ended up getting, okay. So I got a referral to a neighbor and then that referral, they were awesome. I loved them. I got a referral to her friend. Um, I got a slight warning that she's indecisive from the, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but so that was a bit of a red flag. Um, and anyways, I went, I did a consultation for window treatments, which was fine. Then it turned into like the whole house and that was fine. And what were you charging for that consultation? At that time, if I had to guess this probably 200, 250, yep. if I had to guess, cause we're looking at in my first year, year and a half in business. So Yeah. I used to do them for free, but I didn't do, it was more scope gathering. Yeah. So I didn't like go crazy and it would normally was like, was not two hours, but, um, 
Kimberly Seldon also like helped me with that. Um, yeah. So then I go and then it turned into like, they needed the whole house. So I created like, it ended up being like, I estimated about like $75,000 for furnishings. And then I estimated my fees. I think at the time it was like 10 to 12 K, which actually was like really good, but still below, like it was still not enough. But that at the time was like, I was so scared to send that proposal. Anyway, did not use a receiver at the time. I did an entire house without a receiver. <laughs> That's why receivers, now I know why they're so important. I don't even think I knew about a receiver at that time. I didn't either. Or maybe if I did, I was just, again, resistant. Like, nobody's going to pay for that. Yeah. So a couch shows up and a table close to each other. The table, she just keeps saying it feels too small. It feels too small. Oh, first, first the console, like the sideboard shows up. She felt it felt, she thought it felt small. It was restoration hardware. We ended up changing that out and we just, they took it back and got a new one. So not the biggest deal, except for there was like a confidence issue now, like losing confidence in me a little bit, I would assume. And the table shows up, even, but, but the table, we were with a measuring tape talking about the sizes. Like we talked about it at great length. I didn't have anything on paper. That being said, like, I do feel like it could have been bigger she, I was like, you know what, let's wait till more things come in. Like, I think it's just because there's nothing in here right now. So that was that. Then the couch shows up and I don't remember if she didn't think she liked it at first or there was an issue with fabric. This was the second time I got a couch from this one vendor. And I don't want to even say the name because I feel like it's been fine since this one couch though was just twice, not the right fabric. I wish they would have known that. It's all good. Hey, little buddy. So then, um, fabric issues. It's like when you sit down, it's just really kind of like rippling and staying and whatever. And they're just kind of like, we really just want to return it. And I'm like, uh, and so this was the second time I had an issue with the same exact coach from the same vendor. So I called the vendor and I begged and pleaded for them to take it back. I was like, look, this is the second time this has happened um, this client is not happy and they're not, and they were like, we're going to take the cushions back and fix it. So I went, that was the solution. And so I went back to the client and I actually picked up, I put my big girl pants on and I picked up the phone about these two situations. And it was really hard for me because I'm not good with confrontation. And that was the solution. And she said, okay, fine. So then we get new cushions and it ends up being fine. Um, that solution that ended up being okay. But that was like, three-week process of like anxiety then all the furniture shows up and she's like I still feel like this table's too small and I'm like so then I go on Facebook I'm like what is the right size for she's like my chairs don't really fit all around it properly like lesson learned you need to make sure that the chairs fit like if you get an extendable table you need to make sure like where the legs sit makes sense so that they're not in the way or blah 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 so um, I ended up taking the table and eating the cost of the table, and I got her a new table. How much was I, the table? What's that? How much was the table? Um, so I didn't – that was the time, too, when she basically got my full trade discounts from retail. But trade sources – this was a Canadell table. Yeah. And so um, probably 1500 to two grand my price. Yeah. And so what I did was like, she paid the difference for the new size of the table. And, um, and yeah, so, but that's why like, we have to add, like, that was like, 
I need to make profit because sometimes things are going to go wrong because at the end of the day too, like these are visions we have a lot of the times in our minds that sometimes maybe don't end up the way you expect. And I feel like in my own conscience, like I need to be able to make it right when I feel, and in that situation too, I'm like, you know what? I did feel like the table could be bigger. Yeah. And I was like, I have to make this right. And I feel good about that because this client referred me to this client who referred me to them. And now their neighbors are client. They were great clients. So I felt really good around the time that I made that right. Their neighbors moved in and they must've toured their house and that's how they contacted me. So I'm like, the neighborhood was a good neighborhood. I had like had three clients on that street and I'm just like, you know what? This is the price like I'm going to pay. And this is a huge lesson learned. I, and I sold that, that table and I like can't sell anything for anything close than you want. And I just needed it out because um, we were hosting Christmas and we needed the room. <laughs> like we needed to be able to sit in our living room, which is where it sat for months when I was trying to sell it. Oh um, so yeah, that was one of the, the bigger ones for me. And then like, that's just like a very specific. And then the one before that was two, a table and a couch again. So the client, this was a client who was a, like very like, like we were on a budget. And I, I think I just, I, my mistake there was I should have been more realistic in what things would cost, which is why now I'm like, I know that sounds high, but I have to feel good about what I'm bringing to your home. And the more particular we need to get about things too, the more money it's going to be, right? Especially in a small space. So her, it was the couch situation, same couch situation. She felt like the back cushions, even though it was brand new, barely sat on, weren't sitting right. And it's just like, makes me feel so sick. Those moments of like, Oh my God, yeah. really scared me away from trade resources at the time. This would no. have been probably like mid to late last year. I got real, like, I'm not ready for trade resources. I need the ability to return. <laughs> I totally understand. I totally and then, understand. and then Christmas Eve, she texts me. This pissed me off. I'm like, she's been sitting with an away fair table. Cause we were on a budget in her dining room. We had built a banquette. It was a bit of a small space. And I tried to get her to go to custom table to get the exact size we needed. They didn't want to pay the budget for that. We went Wayfair, but we just couldn't get the exact size we needed that way. So, and I went to look at it. I'm like, no, like, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Um, and, but then like Christmas Eve, she texts me and just like all this shit about this table. I was so mad. I'm just like, really? You've been sitting on this for weeks now and you feel the need to drop this bomb on me on Christmas Eve? What'd you say? You respond? No, I don't think I did. I'm trying to go on memory right now. I think I ignored her that night. And then I probably got back to her like two days later or something. I, I can't really remember how I, but I know I didn't respond. I was like, no. Locked it out. I was just, and plus I was so angry. I was just like, I, bet. I was pissed. Um, that's, that's why I know we probably, you probably do this now too, but t- I say at the beginning, Texas for friends and family only. Yeah. Kids, I do so that now too. Um, that's crazy. Well, but you know what? You, like you live, you learn, right? Yeah, I feel sick even thinking about it. Yeah. Have that mistake with a Wayfair table than with like a $7,000 custom table. I want to reiterate when I went back and talked about the client with the, the sectional and how I took my colleague with me, that all worked out really well. Just to yeah, yeah. realize I didn't say anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Went ahead and styled it and it all turned out beautifully and they were happy repeat clients. So that's good. But anyway, but this is how you learn, right? This is how you learn. And for the record, when I was new too, I was so intimidated by custom furnishings because of that first experience I had where the, where the elderly gentleman, you know, 
wanted to back out of that. But since then, what I, what I found, um, we go to showrooms uh, with our group, but even individually, I found everything so intimidating at the beginning. I know. But just being vulnerable, like the courage to be vulnerable, which is what you do every day in your podcast, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, I don't know, you know, can you help me? Like, what's the best option? I'm so glad that I did that because um, I love, love, love our custom. We do the interior design center uh, or the interior decorating center here in Burlington. Yep. They're an amazing resource. They are awesome. They're so supportive of designers. And I'm so glad that I figured all that out, right? As opposed to continuing totally. to be it because it's a great profit center and it's a superior product for sure. Absolutely. I wish they would carry visual comfort. Oh, me too. Who carries visual comfort? Trade only. Nice. You know, I applied, <laughs> I called they uh, don't. comfort and tried to get a wholesale account and they basically laughed at me. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they do direct with designers. No, they don't. They don't. Because I went, I went to High Point, and when I was in their showroom, yeah, they were like not having it. Let's go to High Point. When did you go? I went about <coughs> two falls ago. Did it you was love it? Was it worthwhile? <coughs> I will say that I wanted to go to Vegas this year, and I'm probably just not on account of the reno has just kind of spiraled a little bit out of control budget wise, but. It was from for my brain. It was a really. It was a little too intense for me. Um, it's 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 the most like it, when when people say how big it is, like it's just nobody can really fully describe how insanely large it is and how overwhelming it is. Like you really, I would do it again. This time I would be very specific in the showrooms that I like, and I did create. A, a list of and a, and you have to map it out because you're like getting you you have to go from another building to a whole other section of like this little town like it's crazy, but this time I would be a little more realistic on what, what I would want to accomplish. In which case, I think I could do it in Vegas. But like things like forehands, I would want to really know the product better. So like spend a long time in just some select showrooms with the sole purpose of really knowing the product. Mm-hmm. sitting in it like trying to really be able to specify a product that a client will potentially never be able to see before they buy and feeling confident that I know what I'm going to get when it shows up that's yeah. what I would do the second time around if when I would do it again which I will yeah. you haven't been then no I and I'd like to go I'd like to go we that's should plan uh, 2019 it's that's something that I would like to do it is 2019 yeah um you want to do that this year or next year? Well, when it, when is it? It's in spring and fall, right? Yeah, it's like they already had one this year, and I think they're the next one's probably November ish time frame because that's when I remember going last the, whatever year. Yeah, I, would go I will not be going this year. Um, so somebody, I was talking to somebody about going to Vegas, which was I was gonna go to Vegas, and but just the the Reno right now is just too much. Like I'm just, it's not happening this year. Um, so I would like to either do Vegas. What's that? 2020 let's freaking do it and we'll do um this is like a complete boob shot right now (laughs) (laughs) I don't use the video it's all good um but yeah I think we should do it as a group because it's so intimidating it's it's very intimidating and we could get like an Airbnb together it's really you have to schedule like a year out I ended up having to get this terrible this hotel was disgusting and it was really hard to get accommodations like that's just how rammed it is but well, let's, let's plan yeah. it for 2020. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all in. Yay. There all we right. go. Well, I feel like we should wrap up. This is, is going to be a good one. I'm so excited to have met you. I hope so. Me too. I honestly, I'm such a fan. 
And listen, you said that one of your things is you want to get a show. You're going to get a show. You're going to get a show. And I don't think it's only going to be limited to design. I think it's going to branch out authentically because you're such a connector. You're such a connector and you genuinely are so interested in other people and what makes them tick. So I think you. great having your own show. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be a guest. Yeah, you will. Uh, My next goal right now is I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying, I talked to LT, nobody's getting back to me, so I'm going to move on. But I want to do this live and get three designers. So Rebecca Hay already said she'd be one of them. I'd like to get, um, um, oh my God, what's her name? Allie Bud, I'd like to see if she would do it. I've never talked to her in my life. I've asked her to be on my podcast. No response yet, but I'll get there. And then I'm hoping to find a third one. I've also asked Montana LaBelle to be a guest. She, I, she said she was going to listen. I, I sent her a link. I'm like, I get you. You should probably listen to see if you're, you want to do it. So I'm going to follow up with her. You know who I love is Mrs. Perrin Jape. Peranjape? Peranjape? How yes. do you say it? Project. I only know that because I, I know I'm going to try to get her. You're right. You know Honey. who Susan Winterstein is? No. Do you okay, know you're, are you so Ivy? Are you on Ivy? Not, I've got to get her. Okay. She's like the matron of Ivy. Like she's like, I feel like she was one of their first users and she's like, but she's, yeah, she's awesome too. Um, yeah. I, you know what? This is my problem is that I, I'm like waiting and I think I just need to bite the bullet, but I'm just like, well, I, it's not yet. It's, it's not time yet. I need to make more of a name for the podcast before right. like putting it out there. So it's no, kind of, but that's, I need to put her on my list. I'm writing that down. She's on so, Japan. Is that how you say yeah. it? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have gotten there on my own, but I think I, I watched her on an Ivy. Um, so Ivy also hosts like panels and stuff. And I recently watched her and somebody else brought her up to me before. And then she was, I think she was on Luann's podcast. So I just remember yeah, it from I the, love Luann too. yeah, because I can't, I wouldn't look at that and be able to do that. I wouldn't have got yeah. there on my own. <laughs> okay. Tell everybody where that, wait, what? No, what? One last thing. You know, who is also really awesome and blowing up Shay McGee. She uh, is so sweet. And I would send her DMs like early on when I was starting out and she's so lovely and so sweet and so genuine and actually responds and actually is like totally built up other women. Oh my God. Okay. So my goal, like my ultimate goal for this podcast is to talk to her, to talk to Amber Interiors. Oh, I love her. Uh-huh. And then I was hoping for Larkin Linen, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but can I tell you what happened? So yes, like the last episode um, where... I interviewed uh, or whatever we did the takeover. She talks to Shay McGee in DMs all the time. And she messaged her and she said, I just wanted you to know that I just did a podcast where we just kept raving about you. And I just want you to know that like a lot of people admire you. And, and Shay McGee responded with like, oh my God, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> so I'm like, and I had her take a screenshot and send it to me so that I could have it. And I'm like, oh my God. I went, she's like, the Shay McGee I know is a woman of honor. She's going to listen to the podcast. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. That's so totally. funny. That's so exciting. All right. Listen, it's great to see you. What are you doing for the long weekend? Uh, we have to move all of our furniture to the basement and create an apartment for ourselves ah, in the basement. So fun. Yeah. But tell everybody where they can go follow you. Uh, so I'm on Instagram under yeah. Andrew McQueen Design. And my website is just andrewmcqueendesign.com. I don't really use Facebook. I don't find it very user-friendly. But, um, yeah, check out my Instagram. All right, lady. Have a good talk to you. Thank you. You have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. 
Okay, I came back on really quick to say that I said the wrong company name for Tara's framing company. I meant to say on the wall. I don't know why I said off the wall, mostly because I retain information like a goldfish. So anyways, go check her out. Reach out to her. She's amazing. Find her on Instagram. She's lovely. You're going to love her. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, for the love of God, leave me a review. It's going to help people find it. It's going to help me be able to talk to Shay McGee and Amber Interiors and maybe even Larkin Linen. Um, and uh, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tell a friend. Tell one friend, designer friend, about the podcast. Be a pal. Share the wealth. Um, I'm in the middle of a reno. I'm in my basement in my new like makeshift office. And I, I know what's happening upstairs. And it's terrifying. And it sounds like things are breaking and the house is going to collapse. So I can only imagine what my poor cat, which is hiding underneath a shelf in my closet is going through right now. I feel very bad for her. I hope she's going to make it out alive. I actually thought I lost her this morning, but I found her in a nook. Anyways, that's all for now. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.